What's up, everyone? Welcome to the second episode of the Bacon on Everything podcast. I'm your host, as always, Blaine Costas, and today I'm going to let you guys take a quick peek into my head. And um, like I said in the trailer and teaser, I'm going to let you guys get to know me a lot better through this podcast. And, and today I wanted to talk to you about mental health and and how I deal with mental health and my journey with mental health and my struggles and my ups and downs and how I get to where I am based off of my mental health so before we get into anything i just wanted to say thank you for listening to last week's episode and and this week's episode and i hope that you subscribe to the podcast on your podcast app or on spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast or music um again thank you so much this has been a dream of mine for so long and and i guess today's a good second episode so that i can talk about why it took me so long to get here now before we get fully started, I, I think it's important that we go over the definition of the mental health that I deal with. So I deal with anxiety and depression. More importantly, when it comes to anxiety, there are six types of anxiety. So there's generalized anxiety disorder, there is a social anxiety disorder, there's specific phobias, a panic disorder, OCD, which is obsessive compulsive disorder and PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder. Guys, come on, give me a round of applause. Off the top of my head like that, I'm crazy at this. So the, the definition of anxiety goes as such. It is a nervous disorder characterized by the state of excessive uneasiness and apprehension, typically with compulsive behavior or panic attacks. And now the definition for depression is the feeling of severe despondency or dejection. Now, in my world or at least in my head um for me anxiety and depression go hand in hand like uh, two puzzle pieces that you've been looking for for a long time and and they've just been sitting there on the desk this whole goddamn time because to me at least um in my situation there's a clear thread between how i get from being anxious to how i get to being depressed and and a lot of it has to deal with me having to look back and and understand where things may have been missing from from my life and how that's then come to affect me in the future now all of this to say that there are many ways to one feel anxiety and to to understand anxiety and i am not by any means necessary not even close to a medical professional so do not look to this as help. Look to this as my journey. Don't look to this and say, hey, this is how Blaine deals with it, so I'm going to deal with it the same way. That's not what this is. That's not what I intend this to be. This is just my journey and my story and, and an inside look as to how I am and how I function. Now, to me, my anxiety normally takes form in, in a very... I wouldn't say crippling way however it is sometimes that I don't want to get out of bed there are some days that I do just lay in bed until two o'clock three o'clock especially on the weekends um and before I started dating my girlfriend that was pretty much my life I was in bed until 2 3 p.m regardless it's it's a tough road and it, it it doesn't get easier if you're not understanding of what's going on so for a very long time i just thought that that's who i was that i like to sleep in after a day of a lot of emotional stress or or i like to 
you know take a longer nap or take a couple of naps a day because it just felt good to go to bed and and forget about things but over time i've started realizing that my naps were just an easy way to escape and and me sleeping into three or four o'clock means that i only had to stay awake until 11 p.m so it's only a couple of hours that i have to deal with everything um and not to bombard you with the the issues that i deal with but on a day-to-day basis it was more so hey if i'm asleep i'm alive but at the same time i'm not having to deal with anything so it just made it a little bit easier so i guess i should start at the beginning and and ask the question of where does my anxiety stem from uh where do my depressive thoughts stem from and i don't think that's an easy question to answer based on my past experiences and who i am um But if I was to pinpoint something, a couple years back, my girlfriend made me read a book called The Five Love Languages. And this book is a case study, I guess, um, explaining how there's different love languages and there's, there's different ways to give and receive love, which was at the time a completely new idea to me. And it started me on thinking back and having discussions with my girlfriend over the topics to say that unfortunately the way that my parents and the people around me show love is different than the way that i receive or show love myself which then puts um a little bit of complexity to relationships when you start to grasp the idea that the way that my dad showed me that he loved me was by acts of service and doing things for me and always having a car for us to drive and a a roof over our head and for me it was quality time and words of affirmation so sometimes he was out working until late the next day when i didn't get to see him for a whole day or i didn't get to see him for a slew of days on end because he was providing a house over our head or food on our table or a car to drive to and from work and all i wanted was for him to come home and tell me that he was proud of me and that's not a shot at my dad at all he's an amazing father who is a great husband and he works his ass off it's just that sometimes without realizing and without knowing this i would have never have thought that that could lead to so many different things so many different outcomes and so many different ideologies about what i wanted out of life and how i valued myself and and how i valued the way that others treated me and and how that changed throughout the course of my life and gotten me to where i am now where now i can at least tell myself that hey maybe this person isn't showing love to me the way that i am used to but that doesn't mean that they're not trying or they're not showing love period um so not being able to see things with that kind of a perspective definitely put a little chink in my armor and and made me have some issues with being self-loathing and and being hard on myself and hard on others and and not being able to see the value of me in any given situation so whether that be at work where i think i'm working really hard but nobody's told me that so i must not be for me uh working hard and constantly working were the only ways to get the words of affirmation that i felt i needed i used to at my old job work 14 hour days sometimes finish work at 7 p.m and be back at 3 a.m it it was insane 
because I needed somebody to say, hey, Blaine, you've been here for a long time. You've done a great job. You should go home. Or I needed somebody to say, well, look at the devotion that Blaine pours into this job. And those were the words that made me feel value, not the actual end product of working hard or anything like that. It was more so how people thought about me and how people perceived me and, and looked at me and said, hey, that's a hard worker because he's been here for so long. Or at least that's how I took it, right? And the same thing goes for my relationships. I used to sit up at night and think about all the ways that I could go about bringing my family together or even how I can fix issues today and, and with friends. And I keep myself up to nine hours of the evening. I think that's how people say it. Um, thinking about what I can do to make better relationships with better people or, or what I can do to fix broken relationships or even relationships that maybe aren't even broken maybe they just we haven't seen eye to eye in a little bit so it's kind of difficult situation but there's nothing wrong with it but to me I need to figure out how to fix it because I need somebody to say hey you know what we're good you've worked hard at this we're good and at the same time there are some relationships that I can't even be around if that makes any sense i can't be around certain people because another part of anxiety is the stress of not having control over a situation and if i can't control or even monitor the situation if i can't not trust but feel secure and confident in the fact that everything is what it seems then i i just can't open myself up to experiencing that if that makes any sense and for me, all this anxiety sometimes leads to being depressed for for days or weeks on end where I'm not myself. I'm, I'm not able to be happy in any situation. I, I just see the world as gray and whether that's a defense mechanism to to give myself some time to breathe because with anxiety, you don't ever feel like you've exhaled. Or maybe that's just my body just telling myself that, hey, you know rather than keep going down this road let's just stop here and pause for a minute now in the past i have had some suicidal thoughts and have had issues with that uh i haven't had any in a number of years at least to the extent of what they were that's not to say that i don't have depressive thoughts or or contemplations but they're never in my head for more than a couple of seconds here and there they are thoughts that i accept that i understand that they come with what i deal with and who i am and as freely as they come in is as freely as i have to let them go because what i've learned over the last couple of years is that if I don't accept the thoughts, then they just keep coming back. And if I do accept the thoughts and, and try to get to the bottom of it and understand that as a human, sometimes there are things that you can't control. And for me, that just happens to be my thoughts. So it's easier for me to accept them, understand where it may or may not be coming from, and then just exhale it out and let it go. Because I've harbored on things before and they, they made it hard to live essentially oh now with that out of the way although that may not have been the clearest story but over time i'm sure you'll hear more from me about anxiety and, and depression and and i'll maybe give updates on i don't know a monthly basis on how i'm doing and i urge you to do the same to 
to reach out to me to let me know hey Blaine I've been dealing with this I've been struggling with this and again I'm not a medical professional but I could be a shoulder to lean on I could be a friend I can guide someone because I've been there and I still am there um but with that being said I thought maybe I could give some tips or or say some things that I do in hard times to just get over or to get through um a tough day or a tough moment or however long it may be so a couple of things that I do personally to help myself with these situations is um one I've I've recently started to write a calendar um I've started writing calendars. I have a couple calendar whiteboards that I've set up. I have my phone calendar that I like to use a lot. And that's twofold. For one, when I'm in the midst of things, when I'm in the thick of it, I can't really wrap my head around uh, tomorrow or, or a week from now. It's always what's happening right now, how am I feeling right now, and what's affecting me right now. So what I like to do is sometimes take a look at my calendar and, and look for something that I am looking forward to without a shadow of a doubt. So without having to deal with any social anxiety or having to deal with any thoughts of canceling or not doing, whether that be recording an episode of this podcast or whether that be going and buying something from a store or a release date for a video game. like talking to my girlfriend or going out for dinner with my girlfriend like whatever it is i like to think of events outside of things that may affect me and then that way i can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel if that makes any sense um and that's just a weird way that i wrap my head around continuing and going on a couple of other ways that i've been able to get myself out of my own head is i've been listening to a lot of audiobooks um I have a hard time like retaining information while reading so I, I like to listen to audiobooks and podcasts so that's why I like in car rides to work or whenever I like to listen to audiobooks. Uh, two books that I recently read is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck which is a great book about perspective which is what I think a lot of people that have anxiety lack. Um, it's It's so hard to to see everything in a big picture way and to be able to react knowing that you're part of a bigger picture when all you see is is what you see with your blinders on which is a lot of the time obviously not your fault it could be a defense mechanism that you know i can only focus in on this so much i can only do so much i, I might as well limit my range but that book is very very good at teaching you how to look outside of your normal scope of life so it's it's very good at saying to you like hey essentially this is what you care so much about in the grand scheme of things this spilt glass of milk doesn't equate to even a 15th of the milk in the world so so why are you so hung up on it terrible example i know but that's the way that the book kind of teaches you to just it's not about not caring um a lot of people like to say well just don't don't care don't care and and essentially if you read the title of the book that's what you would assume that the book was about was just not caring who gives a fuck it doesn't matter it's not your issue don't worry about it but a lot of the times when you're in a situation like somebody with anxiety would be in you find it hard to 
to listen to those words and heed them and, and adopt that mindset so again i think that book is really good for a lot of people struggling with mental health or even if you're not and you just want to change your perspective on things i think that's really important too another book that i've been listening to is um by karamo it's called karamo um karamo is a i don't know member of the fab five i guess if that's how you describe i guess from uh queer eye on netflix which is such a good feel-good show for me um me and my girlfriend like to watch it we essentially binge the first season and i want to say one sitting it's just a feel-good show so you take karamo who in my eyes is like the biggest inspiration for me at least in that show being a man of color being somebody who necessarily isn't understood all the time and uh it's pretty much his biography about how he got to where he is and and what he did and and how he's overcome his issues um he deals with a load of substance abuse and and i'm not trying to like i'm just explaining what the book is about he deals with that kind of stuff and it's a great story about how he became a man and essentially owned up to his his responsibilities as a man and decided that if nobody was going to do it for him like it's his it's his his responsibility to do it for himself so i think that's a great book too i also picked up a book a couple days ago called first we make the beast beautiful a new story about anxiety um this book i've heard good things about so i'm excited to get into it i haven't just yet and i'll definitely provide an update on it as soon as i do so as far as books go that's what i've been listening and reading well mostly listening to over the last little bit probably last month or two um so like i said there's a couple of things that i do just to keep my mind level and keep my headset and calendaring calendaring is that a word i guess so it is now so calendaring uh i like to listen to audiobooks about depression and anxiety and um another thing i like to do as of recently uh is working out and like you've heard it before essentially that you need to get yourself out of your head and into your body and that helps you but i never truly understood what that meant or why it was important until i started working out recently with my roommate and and before i used to work out and i used to get a good pump on and whatever but essentially for one the companionship between me and my roommate of going to the gym and essentially beating ourselves bare to the point where we're struggling to walk out of the gym because we did a insane leg day or even just the idea of just being able to support each other or work our asses off and and accomplish something and, and feel the accomplishment he's also extremely good with um, words of affirmation which if I didn't make it clear that's one of my love languages so it makes it pretty easy to go in there and try to kick ass when your roommate's giving you some good power up words um, another thing that I like to do a lot is I, I mean I am who I am I love fucking video games like I, I love them right I love the stories behind them it's, it's very hard to explain to somebody who doesn't play video games but essentially what I love about video games is one they give you this huge universe to explore on your own with as much or as little work as you want to put into it in most video games 
um, they create this huge universe that you can play in, that you can become encompassed in. But at the same time, it sometimes some video games last you 30 hours, some last you 100 hours, some last you four or five hours, and they each have a different way of telling their story. Uh, the thing that I love about video games more than I do about, let's say, movies or, or TV shows is that with video games, you feel like you're in control. Like you legitimately are holding a controller, controlling your character or whatever. And to s stop sounding so nerdy, it's just an easier way to to feel like a part of something and to feel like you accomplish something and to feel feel the narrative of this game pulling at you. Some of the greatest games that I've ever played are some of the greatest stories I've ever heard. Um, for example, The Last of Us, uh, that game had me in tears, which is a lot like a lot to deal with when you're playing a video game and you can't understand why you're crying at least for the first time and between that and like a life the life is strange series like it's incredible what video games are able to accomplish and unfortunately not a lot of people feel like video games are for them i get that i understand it but as like the leading industry in the world right now and the in my mind the greatest media format in the world it's a great advantage if you're able to take a part of being in a video game space or video game community just to get yourself out of your head and put yourself into something else and and there's so many great communities around video games and and video game content producers it's it's amazing once you get into the world of video games i'll stop going off on my tangent but once you get into it it's so hard to see yourself outside of it um essentially why i started podcasting is to hopefully one day get myself a big enough portfolio that some video game content companies look at me and and say like oh yeah we can use that guy on a couple of our videos he sounds like a good host or whatever it may be but that's something that i wanted to accomplish uh via this podcast another thing that i like doing to get out of my head and I've read a couple of studies on this and I got a little bit of an excerpt here that I'm going to read in a second, but I like to listen to music and especially depressing music, um, sad music, anything like lo-fi, uh, it, for some reason it really calms my nerves and it gets me into a different mindset, it makes me feel understood and empathetic to myself as opposed to the self-loathing that I'm used to when it comes to stuff like this. Uh, I love, love, love Kid Cudi. He's my favorite artist of all time. And he speaks a lot about depression and, and dealing with stuff like that and how it's affected him over the years and how he's learned how to deal with it. And even just the melodies of his music is rhythmic to like a depressed soul. If that's too weird for you, just listen to Kid Cudi and you'll understand if you're depressed. Um, the excerpt in this little article that I was reading says the controversial implication is that depressed people deliberately act in ways that are likely to maintain their low mood. Now, a study in the journal Emotion has replicated this finding, but the researchers also pre present evidence suggesting depressed people are not seeking to maintain their negative feelings, but rather that they find sa sad music calming and even uplifting. The thing about depression and anxiety that nobody tells you is that it looks different to everybody, right? Um, for me, I have dealt with depression and anxiety for a long time, as long as I can remember, probably most of my life. And up until, I don't know, f 
four years ago, I never had a single panic attack. I was always just anxious and I was always depressed, but I was never, it never took a physical toll on me until my first panic attack that I had actually at work. I don't remember the gist of it, but essentially I thought I was having a heart attack and I started losing vision and I couldn't breathe and my chest was hurting and, and I just wanted it to stop, but nobody understood what was going on. Um, I, th I think I passed it off as hitting my head or something at work because I just couldn't explain it to anybody. I couldn't say, oh, I'm having a panic attack. I, I just said, oh, I have a history with concussions and the, the light is affecting me and I'm not feeling too great and I'm not feeling good, essentially. Um, and, and that made it tough because ever since then, I've started having migraines on a regular basis. I've had a lot of chronic issues with my health based on my anxiety. And for a long time, I didn't ever want to take a look at it. I didn't want to work on it. I didn't want to talk about it. I just wanted it to be swept under the rug because it's embarrassing to talk about, or at least that's how you feel when you're dealing with something like that feels embarrassing but my biggest thing is because i'm extremely self-loathing and i like to think of myself as aware when i get anxious i immediately resorted back to it being me and it'll always be me and it's my issue and only i can deal with it so another thing that's helping with dealing with my anxiety is just talking to anybody i'm lucky that i have a great girlfriend who although even in her own admission, doesn't always know the right answer, doesn't know how to help. She's always able to listen and she's always willing to listen and, and find a solution and help me work to the root of the causes or the root of the issues. And I, I think one of the greatest parts of my life right now in a situation like this is being able to wholeheartedly depend on somebody. And it's super important. I, I think being able to talk about it is super important and that's why i wanted to do an episode about my mental health and although i'm not perfect at all i'm a complete work in progress and i'm sometimes committed to it i'm sometimes not i also know how important it is to talk no matter when you feel like it's not so if you ever need anybody to talk to if you're listening to this that means that you found it off of my instagram or if you didn't f find it off of my instagram then go check me out on Instagram, send me a message. You don't even need to follow me. Just send me a message and tell me that, hey, I listened to your podcast or I didn't listen to your podcast, but I know what you're dealing with and I deal with the same thing. I've always been a huge believer in the idea that loneliness is what hurts the most when you're dealing with stuff like this. Um, I think loneliness is, is the key to truly losing yourself. I, I think when you're lonely you're way more in your own head and you're way more self-loathing and, and you're attacking yourself and and it can even get as bad as you blaming yourself for being lonely when when it's so hard to look up it's it doesn't make sense to you that you're all by yourself and and you're not i think that's the most important thing is that you are not alone no matter what happens no matter who it is that you need to talk to there is always somebody to talk to and i 
I think that's something that I took for granted a lot of the times. A lot of the times with some friends that I don't talk to anymore is that I took for granted that they were always there. And as easy as it is to blame my anxiety or blame my depressive nature, it was a decision that I made. It was wholeheartedly a decision that I made to stop following up on people that have been following up on me for months on end. And and I let the ball slip. But at the end of the day, that's something that I took for granted and and I didn't appreciate at the time. But I hope that doesn't happen to anybody else. Um, if there's somebody that's willing to be there for you, to be your friend, to help you get from wherever you're feeling to a better place, take the opportunity. It's a great opportunity to take, to be honest with you. All in all, to, to wrap up, I guess, this section of the podcast, um... I would just say what you need to do is you need to focus on yourself. You need to be able to to take your mind's heatings and, and when your body is telling you that there's something wrong, you need to be able to listen to that and you need to be able to address it because the longer you leave it, like anything else in this world, in this life, if you leave it for too long, then you'll never get back to it and, and it'll be a bigger issue later on, right? So... When it comes to mental health, I, I don't see any reason why you should procrastinate on getting the help you need, whether that be therapy or reaching out to somebody or maybe going to your doctor and seeing if there's some sort of imbalance. There's a lot of things that go into anxiety and all kinds of mental health that we as people don't understand on a regular day-to-day basis. However, what we do need to understand is that the longer that you fight, the stronger that you're going to be so if there's ever an opportunity in which you feel like you just have no fight left in you that's not true because i can tell you straight up that that is not true you can always fight harder you can always put more to it you can always work harder um and not to sound pompous or uh condescending it's just that that's what i've found works is telling yourself that this isn't it, this isn't the end for you, this is just a step in the right direction. And another thing is don't ever, ever, ever feel obligated to be okay. If you need to take a day, if you need to take a week, if you need to step away, if you need to, you know, not go into work tomorrow or go in the next day, if that's what it takes for you to break the cycle if that's what it takes for you to get to the next step to be able to be better going forward then i don't see an issue with that ever i think making sure that your mental health is 100 and making sure that you are 100 firing on all cylinders that's the best that you can do for anybody in the situation that you're placed in right now so again to quickly run over some tips Start working out, start journaling, start writing a calendar, start cleaning your room. That's another huge step. Make your bed every morning. That's a huge deal. Coming home to like a freshly made bed, uh, going to sleep, doing like you accomplish something first thing in the morning, right off the bat, you're good to go. If I could, I would definitely start working out in the morning. Um, I have to go to work super early at the my office by 7, which means I have to leave my house by like 6.15ish and wake up at like 5 15 depending on how i feel or if i need a shower in the morning or whatever um long story short 
working out in the morning if you have the opportunity to do that that's a huge huge deal because you can right off the bat again accomplish something you can walk out of there you can go home take a shower get to work on time and feel like you've done the hardest part of the day automatically like right off the bat it's a huge deal other things i've heard is your diet your diet plays a huge role in your chemical imbalances um i haven't looked too much into it since i like to eat junk food and i'm a piece of crap sometimes and i think that's fine too uh, i think finding a balance between you enjoying your life and you working hard to make it better i think when those two things meet in the center you can have a really functional life and it's going to be amazing for you Again, I, I just hope the best for everybody in a situation um, that they're dealing with some sort of mental health, even if it's not a chronic or everyday situation. Maybe it's just today you feel anxious. Take the time. Take the time to make yourself ease at ease with things. And that would eventually help take the stress off of your mind and take the stress off of your body or however else you convey anxiety another thing is for me therapy didn't really work um i've been to a number of therapists and and although it was great for the first couple of sessions i i get to a place where i kind of look at the person across the room and i say well in my head my problems are so real that speaking about them is to me not a waste of time but i i feel like there's something i could be doing um, I would go to therapy twice a week my last time that I went no sorry once a week I would go once a week and we would sit there and we would talk for an hour and it was a great session to talk and have it all out but when it came down to it and I, I started telling myself that I had this issue and this issue and this issue I kind of just wanted to to work on it um, another thing that triggers me a lot is finances and although I do have a good job and I do have a good financial structure I always feel like I could be making more or I always feel like I could be doing more to help myself out in the long run whether that be getting a part-time job for no reason just so that in the long run I have an expendable amount of money that if worse comes to worse I always have to be prepared or I always have to that's what I'm always thinking of is being able can I can I spend money and save money and have enough to in worst case scenario deal with whatever now that was long-winded but I would sit across from my therapist and I would explain how this is an issue that triggers me a lot and she would essentially say you're worried about nothing and that wouldn't help me get it off of my head and so I thought to myself, well, why am I spending money on therapy when I could be getting a second job or doing whatever? And maybe that would ease my anxiety. I mean, it doesn't, but just the way that my brain works. Now, all that to just tell you that although therapy didn't work for me, some people it doesn't click for. Some people it clicks like this, and sometimes it's the best thing for people. So... I don't think you can say no to therapy without trying it out first. So if you haven't tried out therapy or you haven't tried talking to somebody, do it. That's your first step in getting better and go from there. So thank you, everybody, for listening to the second episode. Um, I thank you so much for tuning back in. I hope this is a topic that you guys enjoyed or you wanted to hear about. And if it's not sorry hopefully we come back with another episode that you're interested in i believe the next couple will be more topic based um around things that i'm enjoying or things that i do enjoy such as video games or whatever i haven't 
necessarily decided on what's coming up next but essentially this is the kind of podcast i wanted to be offering to you um a couple of episodes about topics that i enjoy such as video games or movies or television or or what i'm listening to right now or anything that can be topic based i'll have a lot of guests on um i'm working on a couple right now just to get in and have a good solid topic a solid hopefully hour of content for you but then there are going to be these episodes where it's just me talking to you about something that may be on my mind or something that i feel i wish somebody said to me or talked to me about or that i had a podcast to talk about right now with coronavirus and everything going on the covid19 and and trying to decipher between what are the scares on the me- in the media or what's really real and and how the government is addressing it and how we as people are addressing it it's it's a tough time and it's it's extremely tough for people who don't know how to go in and out of being able to shut it all out or not able to deal with being lonely and and that's why i thought that this topic would be a good topic for this week and that's why i made it so i hope you enjoyed it um i think my cheesy my cheesy line was put bacon on everything uh and if not now it is so i hope you guys have a great week i'll see you next monday put bacon on everything Thank you.